Let's revisit uh, a situation or story we covered in the first uh, half hour of this show. Of course, the government of BC says it will not support an Indigenous-led bid to host the 2030 Olympics uh, in the province. Uh, the Minister of Tourism and Sport, Lisa Baird, made that announcement today. Uh, Baird said the government must focus its efforts and resources on healthcare, public safety, and investing uh, in affordability initiatives. She also said BC is already committed to holding the tw- holding the 2025 uh, Invictus Games uh, and being a host city for the 2026 World Cup. Take a listen to Lisa Bear. When we uh, were first approached around the 2030 bid, we hadn't yet secured FIFA and we hadn't yet secured Invictus. And we made very conscious decisions in 2021 coming out of, of COVID to support uh, the FIFA bid and to support the, uh, you know, the Invictus bid, uh, to support a tourism sector that had been decimated. But when you look at the size and scope and the scale and, and the $2 billion price tag, I mean, currently uh, FIFA is estimated at around $260 million. You know, there, it's just it, the size and scale. You know, you're, you're looking at multi-city, multi-venue, huge security logistics, huge transportation management. There's, there's a number of things that are different in the bid. Now, the bid itself um, is uh, among four nations, the Lillooet, Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. They announced in February they had signed an agreement with the city of Vancouver, the municipality of Whistler, uh, the Canadian Olympic Committee, and the Canadian Paralympic Committee to explore a bid. It would have been the the 2030 bid uh, is uh, said to be the first Indigenous-led Olympics. Joining me now to talk about uh, the decision today that was announced in Victoria is Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau. Chief. Hi, Keith. Hey, Jed. Uh, is this a surprise? Was this a surprise? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, talk about flying below the radar. This bid has just never been talked about over here. Uh, when we first asked John Horgan, Premier John Horgan, about this some time ago, certainly far less than any sign of a commitment. Just like, hmm, oh, that's interesting. We'll just have to take a look at uh, closer look at it when more details become apparent. It never comes up in scrums or or news conferences with the with the premier or ministers. And again, when we were tip, when I was tipped that hey, this is coming today, I went, oh yeah, the 2030 Olympic bid. You don't hear much about that anymore. And you contrast that to the 2010 bid, mm-hmm. um, night and day. Uh, the level of energy and interest that was attached to the, the 2010 bid, which was started by the NDP governor, Glenn Clark, in the 1990s. If I you remember recall. that. Yeah. Um, and then championed by Gordon Campbell and the Liberals. Uh, Olympics, in my mind, have used to be an ardent Olympic Games fan. But over the years, uh, fewer and fewer cities are bidding on these games. They're becoming more and more problematic when it comes to security and costs. And then you throw in the fact the pandemic has reshifted priorities and refocused uh, priorities for, on so many levels for so many people. And it's certainly shifted in the political uh, sphere as well, where these are not looked upon as the big shiny toys that they were, say, 10, 20 years ago. So I never thought this was going to get to first base because one of the gaping holes in this is the, there was a, an expectation there would be a huge private sector uh, investment in this. Uh, and the officials I talked to in government today said the, the financial exposure to the government was enormous. It was far more than the $2 billion the minister talked about because it lowballs the security uh, number. And it also doesn't take into account the province would be on the hook for any missing private sector money. Point to me anywhere right now where private companies are investing $1.5 billion in something. It just isn't happening, and it wasn't expected to happen here. So, again, bottom line, no surprise. Will this damage uh, the NDP government's relationship with uh, First Nations community, especially in and around the broader conversation of reconciliation? Well, there's 204 First Nations. These are four First Nations who are four of the 
I would say, wealthiest First Nations in terms of the land holdings, uh, who are heavily involved. And you uh, talked to one of the chiefs there about the fact that they've got a lot of developments going on that um, that in, over time would, would uh, exceed what we're talking about here with an Olympic bid. I think it's uh, it's a potential setback, but as much as the, this particular one goes down, there are other deals being signed all the time and economic partnerships with First Nations that are being approved particularly for a number of First Nations who, who are, have serious uh, poverty issues. So uh, this is a more high profile, and of course there's going to be disappointment, but I don't think this is a, really a fundamental change in reconciliation, which is going to be hard to, to uh, pull off anyways. I mean, this is going to be a challenging file. It's not going to be done overnight, and it's not just one project or one uh, situation. It's multifaceted, and it's going to go on for some time. Uh, in regards to the NDP themselves, this decision, would would Mr. Horgan be driving this or Mr. Eby be driving this? Because uh, one would argue this is probably them looking at election 2024 and going, what what is actually palatable to the taxpayers who pay for this? Because when I'm hearing uh, Minister Baer, like, look, our priorities right now are public safety, health care, and affordability initiatives. That sense that what they're basically saying is we're trying to read the room here. Yeah, I think what's driving this is cabinet. Cabinet makes these decisions. And this is very much a, a consensus government that Horgan and you know, I have talked about this before. Horgan isn't taking the lead role on, on many things since he was premier. He allows his line ministers to do the work. Uh, and to do the homework and come to cabinet with some recommendations. So I think this is very much twofold. One, it's a cabinet decision uh, that is made in consultation with each other and the civil service who do the due diligence and come to the table with some recommendation or with some some guidance. And then, of course, you always have to put a political lens on it. Right now, the dominant issues out there are uh, street crime and health care. And that's what's dominated in the legislature. And that's, those are not going to go away for some time. Uh, health care, in many respects, it is about dollars, and in terms of also fighting climate action and housing affordability, all those are far more bigger priority areas in terms of funding and program and resources than an Olympic Games, which is going to potentially cost the taxpayers well north of $3 billion when we took all the entire financial exposure. Uh, the feds weren't going to identify the province here for any losses. Uh, the Canadian Olympic Committee doesn't really factor in, in something like this. This would have been the province holding the bag of a very expensive exercise that, again, usually gro- grossly underestimates the security costs, which uh, happened in 2010. Uh, was an enormous security cost. It would be an enormous security cost here that I don't think is reflected realistically in some of the numbers that have been associated with this. Keith, thank you. All right, Jess.